Greetings. Welcome to this podcast from Cambridge Health Tech Institute for TCGC, the Clinical Genome Conference, which runs June 10th through the 12th in San Francisco, California. I'm Ann Nguyen, Associate Producer. Today, we have one of our speakers from the session, NGS References and Standards Are Not Static, Dr. Valerie Schneider, Staff Scientist at the National Center for Biotechnology Information, National Library of Medicine with the National Institutes of Health. Valerie, thank you for spending some time with us today. Thanks, Anne. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you guys and let you know a little bit about the work that I'll be telling you about at TCGC this summer. Fantastic. So my first question for you is, why was there an update to the Human Reference Assembly? Yeah, that's an excellent question. The Human Reference Genome Assembly is really the highest quality mammalian genome that was ever produced. It's what we call a finished genome, meaning that every base in it is accurate to an error rate of about 1 in 10,000. It's also highly contiguous with a scaffold in 50 of almost 68 megabases. And what that means is that 50% of the assembly sequence is located in scaffolds that are at least this long. So obviously it's a very good assembly, but even as good as it is, it still contains gaps and errors, and that's why we need to update it. And especially because the reference assembly is the sequence upon which so many analyses, including clinical analyses, are based, errors in the reference can affect the interpretation of people's results. And I also want to point out that the rise in sequencing of individual genomes from different populations in recent years has also shown us that there's considerably more human genetic variation than was recognized at the advent of the Human Genome Project. And this has resulted in the identification of sequences and complex haplotypes that weren't well represented in the reference assembly. So it's important to continue to improve this resource, not only to correct errors, but to better represent the diversity that exists in the human population. And, you know, as important as it is to provide the research in clinical communities with the best possible reference assembly, we're also aware that genome updates can be highly disruptive because they disrupt the coordinate system upon which so many people work and their data is annotated. So even though our work is constantly ongoing to improve the reference assembly, our intervals between coordinate changing updates tend to be on the order of years rather than months, and this just helps ensure the accumulation of sufficient change to make the switch to the new coordinate system worthwhile. And so the release of GRCH38 in December 13 was the first coordinate changing update since 2009, and it represented the resolution of more than 1,000 reported issues, included the addition of several megabases of novel sequences. So more than 200 of our updates we actually made publicly available prior to the release of the updated assembly in the form of assembly patches. These were standalone sequences that represented the assembly changes, but they were distinct from the chromosomes, and they didn't affect the coordinates. And the availability of these patches meant that researchers who wanted quick access to the updates didn't have to wait till last December to see them. But because the patches aren't part of the chromosome sequence, it takes a little more work to incorporate them into most pipelines, and they're not quite as widely used. So essentially, based upon the number of patches that we had released in the last four years and the amount of new sequence they added, we felt it was really time to release the full assembly update. What is the GRC, and what is the relationship of the assembly to annotation and genome browsers? The GRC is the Genome Reference Consortium. It's the group that's responsible for the improvement of the human, mouse, and zebrafish reference assemblies. We're comprised of four member groups. Uh, The wet lab work is performed by the Genome Institute at Washington University and also at the Wellcome Trust Sanger Institute over in England. And bioinformatics support for the GRC is provided by NCBI, where I work, as well as Ensemble EBI and also by the Sanger Center. The GRC, it's important to understand, is responsible for the assembly's sequence content and the structure of the assembly model that describes the sequence relationships. So the GRC corrects errors and adds new sequence to provide better representation for human genetic diversity in the reference genome. 
the GRC deposits the assembly in GenBank, where it's then picked up by the various genome browsers, such as UCSC, Ensemble, or the NCBI Map Viewer, which are all popular browsers that many users are familiar with. So what this means is that the assembly sequence is the same at the different browsers. When users come to different browsers, what differs is the manner in which the assembly is displayed, as well as the annotation on the assembly. The GRC is not responsible for assembly annotation. This gets provided by a variety of different groups, such as the NCBI Eukaryotic Genome Annotation Pipeline, Ensemble, UCSC, and Havana, also located in Europe that does manual annotation. So while the GRC is a distinct entity from the browsers and the annotators, I do want to point out that we work closely with both of these, and we rely quite heavily upon the feedback they provide to guide our curation efforts. So if users have a problem with the underlying sequence in an assembly, they should contact the GRC, which they can do via our website at genomereference.org. Or if they have questions about annotation or display, those are probably best answered by the browsers or the annotators. What are some new features in the assembly, and which ones can impact analyses and interpretation of results? That's an excellent question. People often want to know, what is new in the latest assembly? And really, these updates fall into three broad categories. The first category I want to mention is sequence corrections. So the GRC made the correction of erroneous bases a real priority for GRC H38. So in collaboration with the Thousand Genomes Project, as well as annotators from multiple sites, nearly 10,000 individual bases in the reference assembly were updated. And these updates included both base substitutions as well as indels. And while most of these updates are in non-coding sequences, these changes have provided coding representation for more than 100 genes that were previously non-functional in the reference assembly. So both variant calling and short read alignments are going to be affected by these base updates. The second category of updates that I want to draw people's attention to are sequence additions. Notably, the large centromeric gaps that were in previous assembly versions of the reference have now been replaced with modeled centromere sequence. And this is actually one of the really exciting things in the GRC H38 assembly. The centromere sequence data was made available to the GRC by Karen Miga, who's a postdoc in Jim Kent's lab at UCSC, along with her colleagues. And these modeled centromere sequences are derived from centromere-containing WGS reads, whole genome uh, shotgun reads, that were generated during the sequencing and assembly of Craig Venter's genome that's colloquially known as HUREF. So these new modeled centromere sequences are going to serve as targets for read mapping, and they're expected to lead to new insights in centromere biology as well as in variation and epigenomic regulation studies. And they should also hopefully give folks some new insights into human disease. So in addition to the model centromeres, the GRC also focused on adding human-specific sequences to the reference assembly. These new sequences are also going to affect read mapping and variation analysis. So finally, the third category of updates I'd like to mention is really a major expansion in the representation for variant genome regions. So the assembly model that we use for the reference includes a mechanism for the representation of multiple haplotypes. And these are through what we call the alternate loci, which provide these alternate sequence representations for regions where we find that really having just a single sequence path on a chromosome is insufficient to capture the diversity that exists or additional sequence that might be present in a population. So these alt loci, like the patches I mentioned earlier, are these standalone scaffold sequences. So we give them a chromosome context by virtue of aligning them to the chromosomes. 
And while in the previous assembly, GRCH37, there were only three regions that were represented by alternate loci. In GRCH38, the new assembly, there's now more than 175 regions with alternate representation. And these alternate loci are really quite valuable. They include more than two megabases of sequence that's found only in the alternate loci. So you won't find this sequence on the chromosomes. And these alternate loci also include more than 50 protein coding genes. And analyses that the GRC has been doing give us some evidence that inclusion of alternate loci in alignment target sets can improve read mapping, which in turn is going to improve variation calling and should lead to more accurate interpretation of results. So altogether, we think these three different types of updates, sequence corrections, sequence additions, and the alternate loci additions, are going to make GRC H38 a much more robust substrate for folks' analyses. And what will be the main theme of your presentation at TCGC on June 12th? You know, what I'd really like conference attendees to come away with from my talk is an understanding of how the reference assembly has changed and how and why migration of their studies to the updated assemblies is likely going to benefit their research. In addition, I'm also planning to emphasize how the GRC assembly model, which allows for this multi-allelic representation in the reference through these alt loci I was just talking about, can improve analyses and I want to discuss the need for the development of new software and tool chains that can help users take advantage of this powerful feature in the reference assembly. You know, ultimately, I'd just like conference attendees to better understand the relationship between this valuable reference assembly resource that we have and their own research. That's great. Valerie, thank you again for your time and insights today. We're really looking forward to seeing you on site in a couple of months. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to being at the meeting. That was Dr. Valerie Schneider from the National Institutes of Health. She'll be speaking at the upcoming TCGC, the Clinical Genome Conference, taking place June 10th through the 12th in San Francisco. If you'd like to hear her in person, go to www.clinicalgenomeconference.com for registration information and enter the key code PODCAST. I'm Ann Wynn. Thank you for listening. <laughs>